Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Let's go to the word of the Lord. We have been huddled around John 14, 6, and 7. And by huddled, I mean um, we are literally stuck there for four weeks. And the thing about it is, is when you get when you get into a series and you're preaching a series, um, sometimes it feels like, what else can you say about what's already there? But I promise you, there's not enough books written about Jesus. There's not enough things said. There's more where that came from, right? Because he's an everlasting God. So let's read together. John 14, verse 6 is where I want to just read. And Jesus told him, everyone there? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Everyone say, he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. That's important to know. Jesus made a very bold claim. No matter what religion you are, no matter what title your family has been, Methodist, it doesn't even matter. Jesus said, you need to know that it's not about your title, it's about who you know. You need to know Jesus, amen? Let's pray together. I want to pray, preach this morning about a higher way. Jesus, we ask you to help us to realize that we need you more than we need anything else in our life. We need you more than grandma's religion. We need you more than grandpa's religion. We need you more than anything else. And I'm asking you today in Jesus' name to help us. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Someone might ask, I want to start with a question. Someone might ask, how do you know you have the truth? Have you ever had someone ask you that? How do you know you have the truth? How do you know you have the right way? How do you know, how are you sure? Are you really sure with all that's out there, with all the information that's out there, the internet full of information and lies, how do you know that you haven't just been fed something all your life and you are living what you've been taught? And you never got outside the box of, of your traditions and of your family. And you never got outside your thinking because you always hung around, around all the same people that thought all the same things. How do you know you're not just a product of your environment? How do you know that you're not just nurtured into this? And you found this because this is what you've always known. This is what your family's always done. Well, the truth of the matter is there's one person that you can trust in this. You can't trust me because I'm a man. You can't trust him because he's a man. You can't trust someone that tells you something on on the phone or someone that tells you something on the TV or someone that tells you something when they're running for president. <laughs> Dear Lord, have mercy. Well, I hit, a, I hit a nerve already. You can't trust what any man says. In fact, the Bible talks about trusting in God alone. So you have to understand that if Jesus was God and he made this statement that I'm the higher way, I am the truth and I am the life, then there is not a religious battle that needs to take place in your home, in your life, and in your mind. There needs to be a relationship battle that you always have where you're always striving for more of Jesus in your life. And really what's important about that is because Jesus 
is truth. So therefore, if you have him, no matter how much you know, no matter how smart, no matter what, where you've been in your educational track, no matter how many degrees you have that you can put on plaques on the wall, Tanya, it doesn't matter as long as you know you have Jesus. So therefore, if we were to say, how much knowledge would we have in this room? If we collectively gather all of our knowledge and we were to put it in this, just say this area right here, we were to put all of our knowledge in this area right here, and it represented, uh, let's say, a quarter, one-fourth of all the knowledge that's available in the world, all the truth that's available in the world. How could we possibly know that that one-quarter of all our collective knowledge is actually, actually has truth somewhere in it? How would we know that? Because there is three-quarters of knowledge none of us have yet out there to be had, and we haven't learned it. That is a very real argument that we run into with people. And the reason why we say we have the truth is because in all of that circle of information, we might only have one quarter of that information, cut the platform out right here, but take all of the platform, this whole area, that represents all the knowledge that's in the world, and we only have one quarter of it cut out. But in the middle of that one quarter is Jesus Christ. And Jesus says he is the truth, and he's the way, and he's the life. So I can be confident that I know a God that's going to help me in my times of trouble. I know a truth that's going to be a truth strong enough to keep me and I know because I can stand on Jesus Christ. I'm not standing on my own ability. I'm not standing on my own capabilities to go seek out the proper knowledge. I don't have some sort of degree to tell you this is the way you have to go. But I do know a person named Jesus Christ. And he's promised me that he's the way, that he's the truth, and he's the life. And if I hold on to him, yes, I can say I know the truth. Because he said he is. And when we all tap out and when they pat me on the chest with a shovel and bury me in the ground and I stand before Jesus Christ and he says well what what reason do you have to be here and I say because I held on to you and you promised me that you're the truth and you promised me that you were my way and you promised me that you'd be my life after this life and so there's a lot of things that we have to understand because there are things that draw on us. Now, we have to work with things that aren't quite saved yet. <laughs> Everybody pinch your hand right here. Pin, just pinch your hand. You know what this is? This is called the flesh in, Bible, in the Bible. You can't save flesh. Flesh wants to do what flesh wants to do. Anybody ever had an attitude? Anybody ever need a, anybody ever need a checkup from the neck up? <laughs> Got to go to the doctor, Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, there are times when there's things that we lose. And you have to understand that his ways, the scripture says, Isaiah 55 and 9, are so much higher than our ways. And his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. It literally says that. If you throw that up there for me, this, this is exactly what it says. If you change my background, I'd appreciate it. And it says in Isaiah 55 and 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, literally as the distance between the two. He's trying to create some sort of visual picture of how far it is away from where God thinks and where we think. So are his ways higher than our ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. How many hate traffic jams? We're all travelers, amen? You got to go from one place to another, point A to point B. All of us got to go to work tomorrow. We all have to adult. 
Mondays come very fast, and sometimes they affect Sunday. I call that a mess. I don't like to worry about Mondays on Sunday, but I sometimes do. But in traffic, when you're trying to get somewhere, there's other things that happen. And, and the Bible says that there are, are ways that God has that are not like our ways. We're used to traffic jams. We're used to detours. We're used to accidents. How many know you can have an accident in life and do things that you didn't mean to do, but it just happens? You're traveling. You're on a path. Everyone's on a path. And there's accidents on that path. There's detours that come up. There's different things that happen. And you just have to make sure that all of those things have God's name on them. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And while God is calling us to a higher way, we have to realize there's very important things that go with that calling. You have to realize that that is not a calling that is just for preachers. Jesse. It is for every human being. That is why you can sit at home and have a situation happen to you and you can have the thought, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be a better way than this. Have you ever had that thought? You know what that is? That's interwoven into the human structure, the human spirit, that God has a way that's higher. And so your human spirit is always looking for a better way to do things, a better path to be on. And that is what is really important for us to pick up on today because there are some steps that you can take that will lift you into God's presence because in the the understanding of the scripture, I know that God said that if he's lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. The reference there is very important because you have to know that it's talking about when Jesus got lifted up to put on, be put on the cross, everyone thought that was a detour. Everyone thought that was an accident. That was never going to work out. This is not the right path. We were supposed to, even some of the disciples were like, hey, let's build a tabernacle over here. Let's build a tabernacle over there. And we'll have one for each of us. And Jesus, you'll have your own tabernacle. Jesus said, I didn't come to build buildings. I came to build people. And if you want to be a part of my church that's going to be on the earth, when I establish this kingdom on the earth, I'm going to establish it and I'm going to lift, be lifted up so that I can draw all men with me. So the the higher way that we're talking about today is Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. Because if he didn't get lifted up on the cross, that's what it was referring to. He said, if I don't be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. In other words, if I go to the cross and I die, lift it up off the earth. That is the thing that's going to bring all men back to me. In order to give you a way, he had to go to the cross. Amen. In order to give us a path, he had to go to Calvary. And I'm thankful that he died for me. But I'm also thankful he's not just a dead religious leader. I'm thankful he got out of that grave. He got out of that tomb. And I am excited about the fact that I have a living Savior now inside of me. I know he's alive. He lives in me. And so I need, I need, I need some help. I need some help. Uh, Reese, can I borrow you? You have a beard. You look like Jesus. <laughs> I, need you to, I need you to climb on up this ladder about as far as you can go. Be careful. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So Jesus... I'm going to need you to turn around so that you can lean against the ladder and just like hold your hands out like you're being crucified. There you go. Straight out. There he is. That's what Jesus did for us. Amen? He died for us. He spread his arms open wide and said, I love you this much. And so whenever he died for us, it also allows him to reach down with nail-scarred hands 
and to pull us up. Now, I'm not going to get very far up this ladder because I don't want to fall and bring him down with me. But what Jesus does is he has the ability because he went to the lowest place, dying on the highest cross to reach to the lowest people to pull them to the highest place. That's what he did. And so whenever we have Jesus on the cross, he's always trying to pull us up. Okay? Now, I need somebody to be the devil. Rob, can you be the devil? The enemy of our soul. He's even in black. Look at this. Well, gray black. Close enough. And then I'm going to need someone to represent our flesh. Because I remember that part we pinched. It doesn't get saved. Um, I need somebody to be the flesh. Seth, could you help us out? So what happens is, you might see these different things on here. We have to start with God somewhere. And the place to start with him, because Hebrews tells us it's impossible to please God if we don't have faith. So we have to start at the first rung. And he's going to draw us up. So we have to have faith in in Christ to help us. Amen? We have to believe that God's able. And he is well able. Able, but he's well able. And the Bible even says that we have to believe that he's a rewarder. That he gives us rewards. I know Don't worry about the microphone. The devil we have to have obedience. We have to obey the word of God, amen. And when they in the Bible when it says they believed To them, believing and obeying were the exact same thing. When the Bible says a believer, they have done something. So their faith was a verb, not a noun. Faith is not a place. It's an action. You have to know that. You can't just sit here and say, well, I believe, and do nothing. Because if you start saying, I believe, he starts pulling you toward obedience. He's like... I believe, Jesus, I know you're going to change things for me. I know it's going to get better. And he's tugging on you because he's lifted up and he draws all men. And he's tugging you toward that obedience. And if you don't go toward that obedience, you have this constant tug of war going on where you then have the enemy of your soul trying to keep you from going toward obedience. And you you really love coming to church and it feels good. It feels good in church, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're worshiping God and you, your faith starts to rise. But the enemy, and then your flesh, well, let's, let's put the devil back there. Let's get the flesh going. And then your flesh starts giving you the laundry list of all the things you have to do at home. <laughs> yep. And your grocery list starts talking to you. And grab a hold of Satan back there. And Satan's like, yeah, that'll work. I'll use flesh if I have to. It doesn't matter. I'll use whatever i got to use. And so then you got this tug of war going on where you want to go, you want to go this way, into obedience, you want to you want to trust God and get to that next rung, and you want to get to the joy of a risen Savior. You want to get to the joy of being with God forever. And you know what? That is where God wants you to go as well, because we were singing, "Show me your heart." This is God's heart for you. This is His way for you. And you can't see his glory until you climb up there and get a different perspective, the perspective that he has for you. I want, oh my goodness, I, I, really, I really believe what I'm preaching right now. There are three things you have to understand. If you struggle with money in your life, provision, you cannot chase after provision in order to be better provided for. You have to chase after a plan. 
because a plan is always provided for. See, Jesus had a plan. He said, I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to draw all men to him. It doesn't matter what your flesh says about it and it doesn't even matter what the enemy of your soul says about it. If you will start to cut some of that stuff out of your life and say, devil, you're going to have to take a hike because I'm canceling my reservations in hell. I'm canceling my reservations in a place that is down and out for me. I'm actually going to go up and into his glory with Jesus Christ. And so then the devil has to flee. The Bible says when you resist him, he has to flee. So go ahead and flee, devil. <laughs> Get on out of here. He doesn't want to be within 50 yards, of the, 50 miles of the and then your flesh, this thing is always a tug of war. But guess what? He died so that we might die in with him. Amen? So I not only need to climb this thing and say, well, you know, my flesh is always bothering me. I'm always drawn back to this. I'm always tempted by that stuff. You know what? When you get a hold of Jesus, he says, just come on and bring it with you and die on the cross. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If we're going to get on a cross, this guy's going to get crucified amen this flesh is going to have to die so he's going to pretty soon if you stay a hold of Jesus long enough he's going to be obedient and go with you and so you're going to put faith in your life that conquers your flesh you're going to be obedient to God which puts him back in his place and you're going to trust God that says I don't care what I feel like I trust that God knows what's best for me I, I trust his plan over my flesh amen and then we get into a joy where we're like hey you know what me and this guy, I don't listen to what he says anymore. I listen to what he says, and I'm happy about it. Amen? Amen. I'm happy about it. Thank you very much. I'm happy about it. You can get down for a second if you'd like. It's hard to be on a ladder. I know that. Thank you. Everybody give Reese a big hand. So the thing you have to understand is there's three P's and I, three, three different kind of words that start with P and I want to use those to help you understand for a second what it means to have God's plan. I don't want my plan, amen? Since his ways are higher than our ways, we must go after him. And in order to do that, we must have a plan. We all have a ladder in our life, just like this. Well, if you don't have a ladder that has Jesus on top drawing you up, you have a ladder of success that you're chasing. And unfortunately, the ladder of success, everybody's on that same ladder. And they're climbing up that same ladder. And the only way to get up is to push somebody off or to step on somebody. And you know what I'm talking about if you've ever worked in the work world. There's other ladders. There's different things that are in our life. Ladders of, of destination disease. Have you ever heard of destination disease? If I can only get to that nice car, if I can only get that nice house, if I, if I can just get my relationship to be doing this and be here, I'm, I, that's destination disease, somebody, and you will destroy the beauty of your present trying to reach for something that is just a laddered, and you're just running up and down rungs. That's all you're doing is just trying to climb the ladder of success in your life, whatever your plan is and your intentions are. And you know what? It's so much weaker than his plan for your life. His ways are higher. They're higher and they're better than our ways. And that's why I want his ways. Amen. Would you say thank you, Lord, to that? You believe that? Amen. Amen. Lift your hand. Just thank the Lord for his way being available to all of us being available to all of us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. I'm going to keep my faith up. I'm going to keep my obedience in place. I'm going to keep trust in him even when it doesn't look 
like it's going to turn out. He'll make all things work together for good, and I'm going to stay in his presence where there's fullness of joy. When you start climbing the ladder with God, when you start seeking his ways, you have to understand that there's three different things that happen. Number one is God gives you his plan for your path. Okay? Plan is more important than anything else in your life. If you are not doing any kind of planning with God in prayer, you will feel hopeless and helpless because you need God's path for your feet and he's got a plan for that path. You can get anything with a plan. If I go to the bank and I want some money, Rob, I can walk into the bank with assets and liabilities, right? And if I can show enough assets, they might give me some money. But I can have no money at all and have a really good plan. And they will give me a couple million dollars possibly. Because they can see how I'm going to give it back to them. So if you have a plan, I we're building a church here. I don't know if you noticed, but this is kind of like a church. We're building a church here. And if we don't have God's plan, we won't have God's provision. Because the second thing that goes with that, that second word is if you have God's plan, you have his provision. We don't need more money. We need more plan. We don't need more of of millionaires coming into the church we need more will of God and way of God because that's what provides amen so I'm not I I, to the best of my recollection Jesus help me I have never prayed for more money in a church never I've always prayed for more way and understanding in the path because I know if I can get his plan I get his provision with it and if I get his provision with it the third P are you ready for it well you guys are not convincing at all Are you ready for the third P? When you get his plan, you get his provision with that plan, and you get his protection for the plan. That's that's what's awesome. Because you cannot keep what you grab yourself. Because if you go outside of God's plan to get a hold of something, you have to stay outside of God's plan to keep it. Oh, I think I'll take a lap. Like I'll take a lap on that one. If you go outside of God's will for your life to get something, you will have to stay outside of God's will for your life to keep it. And I want you to know we're moving people. We are designed for motion. And in order for you to have motion, you have to have maintenance. And you cannot get what God wants for you on your best plan. You've got to have God's plan and his maintenance program for your life. You have to have a higher way, amen? You've got to know that God has more for you than you could ever imagine. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts so much higher than our thoughts. Why wouldn't I want a higher way? Why wouldn't I want his plan for my life? When it comes with all the provisions that it needs and with that plan comes all the protections that it needs. You've got to have an update on a regular basis of God's plan. Shows you that little window. You can have an update now. And some of us are busy in our computer, on our computer, and so we like click later, and then we never get back to it. Do you know some of those updates? If you don't download them, you make yourself susceptible to an attack of a of a virus. And so if you just say later, later, I don't need an update right now. Later, later. Guess what? Pretty soon you are attacked and you're not protected. Because you didn't do an update. 
I want you to know there are religions, there are traditions of men that do not help us reach the world where we're at right now. There are methods that God has changed. If God is not a God who changes methods, Reese, then we should still be offering peace offerings and drink offerings and sacrificing lambs today and doing all those things from the Old Testament. But I've got a God who does not change who he is, but does change his methods. So if you don't know that, you need to understand that whenever God brings you an update, you need to download that update into your life. You need to go to God in prayer in a closet somewhere and get fresh updates from God because if you don't, you lose your protection factor. If you don't have his plan updated on a regular basis, you lose your ability to fight off the viruses of spiritual filthiness because it's not just filthiness of the flesh, brothers and sisters, that we must fight. We must also cleanse our spirit from all spiritual wickedness. And I know his ways will keep me protected. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I just love you so much, Lord, for what you've done for us. His way is seemingly so beautiful. Sometimes we can't see it till we look back. And I know there are some things that take place, but I have trusted him so much in my life that I spend a lot of time on this rung. And you know what? My perspective changes up here. When I've trusted him enough, I get a new outlook. And the things that used to bother me go right by down below. They don't bother me anymore. Temptations come along and see ya. Doesn't even affect me. Flesh has been to the cross, amen? And so when I'm living up here, I used to hunt in Alaska. I don't know if I can share this story real quick. You got five more minutes? I used to hunt in Alaska and we would hunt moose. Moose are big, big animals. And when a mama moose comes out with a baby moose, you don't want to be anywhere near that mama moose. Because she kicks into mama mode. And there's also other things in the woods besides moose, including bears and mama bears, wolf, all different kinds of things in Alaska where I grew up. But for some reason, when I got up in that tree stand, when I got up off the ground 20 feet, I felt safe, even with bear walking by down below, even with dangerous things passing me by on the road of life. Hello, somebody. I'm making several analogies all at once. Even with dangerous things happening, I felt safe. And I had the joy of the Lord being up here on a trust level with God. But I noticed something about my relationship with God. Even though I got a new perspective and there was things down there that I was so grateful for that don't bother me anymore, I started getting on this new rung of praising God and enjoying God. And I... I love you, Lord. I ran into a ceiling of relationships and different things that wouldn't let me go higher with Jesus. And there were some some things. I just had to move out of the way. (laughs) And so sometimes when we walk with God, there are going to be some relationships that try to keep you down. There are going to be some circumstances where people point at them and say, you could be so much more if you just go and do that. And you're standing up here going, no, I have a higher way in Jesus. I have a better way. And I'm going to remove some 
I'm going to remove some of those old pains of life. I'm going to remove some of those words that people said about me. They didn't maybe understand they were hurting me, but I'm just going to remove them out of the way. I'm going to put them under the blood of Jesus. I'm going to forgive them because when you don't forgive somebody, you keep on running into the same ceiling all the time. You just keep on pounding your head. Have you ever been frustrated before thinking, my goodness, why can't I live for God? Why can't I serve God? Why can't I have faith, obedience, trust, and joy in God at different times? But I feel like I keep on running into something. You know what it is? It's something that you need to move out of the way so you can take another step. Amen? So you can go a little bit higher with the Lord. Hey, the view's a whole lot different up here. In fact, I don't see a whole lot of anything that I used to see before. It's all changed. (laughs) I know this is the worst analogy you've ever heard, but it's hilarious. You guys aren't going to forget this sermon, I promise you. I don't even see any of you up here. This is amazing. It's like being in a plane and there's a storm on the ground and you're in a plane for five minutes and you break through those clouds and all of a sudden it's shining up there and it's beautiful up there. It's the same thing when you just keep climbing with the Lord and start moving the ceiling, break through that false ceiling. It is a false ceiling, brothers and sisters. It is a place where lies are trying to hold you down. You need to go higher. There is a higher way. Someone give the Lord a little praise right about there. Amen. So let me finish. Let me finish with this. Because you're up here getting a new perspective, you're going to draw others to you. Because the principle is Jesus is lifted up. So he'll draw all men. So when you're lifted up to a higher way in Jesus Christ, people are going to see that and be drawn to you. It's a natural principle of the draw. His kindness for what he's done, draws us to repentance. There are some things you're being drawn to right now that God wants you to go toward and you can feel it in your life. You can just feel it. But while you're being drawn toward the higher way, someone's noticing. Someone's picking up on something's different about that gal, that girl, that lady. Something's different about that guy. And so while you're up here, what's interesting is people will take two approaches. They'll either try to knock you down or they'll try to join you. One or two. If they don't want to go, they'll try to knock you down. That's ah, that's just a bunch of emotionalism. That's just a bunch of craziness. There really isn't a God. You know, there, there's no such thing. But while we're up here living the joys of the Holy Ghost, we can definitely not worry about what they're thinking because we know our way is blessed. Amen? Because my blessing is a position, not a place. Amen? And so while I'm up here, if someone else tries to climb the ladder and knock me down, come on up, Jesse, would you, would you climb this ladder a little bit? I'm up here enjoying life, loving the Lord. Jesse notices, he gets drawn, he starts coming up, and he's trying to knock me off. He's trying to push me off, because you know what? He wants what I have. Isn't it funny how the world wants what you have? And he's trying to, and I'm like, dude, step off, get your own ladder. <laughs> Turn to somebody and tell them, step off. Can you bring a ladder? Okay, stay right there. Bring a ladder on up here. This is what you have to do. Everybody wants to go a higher way. Everybody wants more purpose in their life. Nobody wakes up in the morning going, I really want a dull, boring, no fun, absolutely loser kind of lifestyle. Did anybody wake up that, this way, that way this morning? No one said, I want to be defeated every day of my life. No one has that. Everybody's got winner on the inside. You know why you want to win? Because you want a higher way. You want God's way, and his way is winning because he got out of the grave. Amen. Amen, somebody. So then what you have to do is you have to tell somebody, hey, guess what? 
what? This might be my higher way, but your higher way is not like my higher way. He has a way for everybody, amen? Your way is through Jesus Christ, not through me. What you're feeling, this drawing that you're feeling, that is me walking in the way, the higher way of God for my life. But there's a higher way for Jesse as well. So all I have to do is say, hey, Jesse, without faith, it's impossible to believe him. You got to believe in Jesus Christ. Why don't you step on that rung, see how good it feels. Doesn't it feel good to be right with God and work with God? Amen. And then you start teaching him a little bit. And you say, you know what? The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesse went down in watery grave and got baptized, got filled with God's spirit, and began to speak in a heavenly language. God gave him a way, amen? A way out of no way. God gave him a way out. Amen. And so then he starts living in that obedience. And all of a sudden, he starts talking to people about it. He's like, man, you won't even believe this. I believe God. And things started happening. I can really trust this. I can really believe in this. This is something I can stand on. This is a way that God would give me. And all of a sudden, he starts getting so excited about it that he gets a joy in his heart. And he's worshiping God. And look at the difference of perspective he has. But Jesse's head's bumping into something. He's got some things that God might deal with when he gets up there. Jesse, come on down. And we know God's working in his life. Amen. We know God's working. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God for giving Jesse away. Giving Jesse away. Giving all of us away. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 How many have ever seen that t-shirt? And I'm closing. Keep calm. And it always has something else after that says, keep calm and just read on, or keep calm and just eat bacon. <laughs> it says something right on the t-shirt. I want you to hear me. Whenever things come in on you and when it feels like the world is falling in on you and when you feel like there's relationships that are not going the way you thought they would go, I want you to just put on your t-shirt spiritually that says, keep calm and keep walking the higher way. Keep calm and keep his plan for your life and you will be successful. Would you stand with me today? With his plan comes what? His provision. With his provision comes what? His protection. That's what you need to know today. Thank you, Tanya, for helping us. So would you bow your heads with me real quick as we pray? Because we want to end today in a good time and and I want God to impress us somehow to take another step. Jesus, I'm grateful for the faith that I've seen in the eyes in this room. As I've been preaching, I've recognized and I've felt a reverberation back to me, Lord Jesus. From what I'm saying, they believe it, Lord Jesus. They've seen it work in their own lives. And God, I thank you for that testimony of a way that's higher. And Jesus, right now, collectively, we thank you for dying for us. Thank you for giving your life for us. Nobody else in this room would have done that for us possibly, but you did it for us. Thank you for standing in our place, being our substitute, so that we can come to you and we can find a way that's higher, Jesus. Would you grab the hand of a friend next to you if you feel comfortable, and would you just pray for them? If it's all right, can we just pray together and ask God to make a way for them there may be somebody in this room right now that's struggling with the path that they're on but I promise you 
if you'll put your faith in God and if you'll obey his word and if you will trust him, he will bring you into places of sheer joy because he's made a way. Let's pray together, Jesus. I don't know what's represented in this room right now, but I know my path was protected and provided for by you. And so I ask you that you draw all of us up today. You'd lift us out of feelings of worry, lift us out of feelings of depression if there are some in this room. You'd lift us out of those feelings of worry and doubt and fear. I bind fear in the name of Jesus. You are not welcome here. There is a spirit of liberty and love in this house today. It's the spirit of God Almighty. And would you comfort a heart today that's lost somebody near to them and dear to them? Would you comfort somebody who had to put somebody in a grave or someone who had to say goodbye to somebody that was a relationship? Would you comfort Jesus as you are the comforter? Would you help us today? Come on, reach for the Lord. Reach for your way in Him. All of us need to climb and hold on to the Lord. We need the next level with God. We need a better way. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now would you take the friend that you have by the hand and would you bring them symbolically to this altar? This is our altar right here. Would you step out and bring them with you? Just come on. Just bring them down here and let's begin to pray. I'm together with you. I need a higher way just like you do. I'm not immune. I need a higher way. God, I need a higher way. If you feel like lifting your hands in God's presence, do that. If you feel like giving him some surrender, whatever you can surrender, you do that and God will honor it. If you ask him, give me your plan. Give me your provision. Give me your protection. I'll do whatever you ask of me.